Yes, here we are on your Wednesday. Time again for Dr. Andrew Corbett back into the studio. And it's Life Matters. Our discussion this morning is turning life's obstacles into life's building blocks. A very good morning to you, Andrew. Yes, good morning, Dave. Great to be with you again. The weather in Launceston is certainly improving. We're seeing perhaps the signs of an early summer. It's been really great weather here in Launceston, I trust any visitors to our city are just um, admiring the the beautiful scenery around Cataract Gorge and around our city. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yes, indeed. It's great to see all the interstate number plates driving around our city and people walking around with cameras. Um, yeah, lots of cameras, in fact, swinging around their necks. Uh, Andrew, today we're talking about turning life's obstacles into life's building blocks. Now, tell us a bit about what you're thinking about with this one. Yes, that's right. Turning obstacles into building blocks. And one of the reasons I want to do this is because I see so many people perhaps give up through disappointment that life hasn't gone the way they had hoped or dreamt. And they they throw the towel in rather than toweling off and getting back into the game. This is what I've noticed. And it, it kind of comes on the heels of being an early participant in the Global Leadership Summit, which I I highly commend to people. It's on at the Door of Hope this Friday and Saturday. Uh, I've been privileged to uh, be a part of that before uh, it arrived here in in Launceston. It's fresh off the press uh, from uh, Willow Creek in Chicago. And look, you're going to be utterly inspired, but one one of the things that came out of that a conference, the world's premier leadership conference, I think something like 240,000 participants from around the world participate in the Global Leadership Summit, GLS. And one of the predominant themes that I heard wasn't probably the intended theme, but it was this, many, if not all of the leaders that I heard present, they all had early on very, very good reasons to quit very good reasons to throw in the towel. They they faced obstacles that for mere mortals, like the rest of us, would would just seem insurmountable. And you you could hardly blame them if they had indeed thrown the towel in. And so as I was sort of participating in the sessions at Global Leadership Summit, one of the things that struck me wasn't so much what they were saying, it was probably what they weren't saying, and, and that is this, people who achieve great things have had to learn how to overcome setbacks, usually very early on, and opposition and failures, including their own failures, and disappointments. One of the hallmarks of great leaders, I've observed, and I think it takes it takes leadership to do life. Doesn't You don't have to be the CEO of a corporation. You, sometimes you just got to do life and you've got to have that that spark of leadership uh, quality about you those leadership traits just simply to do life so as we think about this one of the one of the hallmarks of great leaders who do achieve great things and leave a great legacy is not just their dedication to their task their mission it's not just their, their vision, oftentimes they have a grand vision that's sorely tested and tried. It's not just their giftedness, and especially as I heard some of these leaders share at the sessions, I, I had to think that, that these guys are phenomenal. They, they, they are breathing different air to the rest of us. But that's not 
that's not it. That's that's not what makes them a great leader. It's not just their talent. They certainly have it, but it's not just that. In fact, one of the things I've I've noticed is that sometimes people with far less talent do great things and achieve great things that perhaps people with more talent who don't have these other intangibles that I'm going to mention in a moment fail to do. So it's not just talent, not just giftedness, but it's this intangible quality called grit. And and that was mentioned. Uh, that was mentioned a couple of times throughout the sessions. But one of the things in, in, in piecing it together, because this wasn't said, this is one of the things that I guess came out for me that wasn't said. It's not just grit. It's grit with humility. Now, if you think about grit with humility, we, we've met the doggedly determined person who has very, very little regard for others. And and they become, oh, you know, while and, and on one level we admire them, on another level, they're almost repulsive because they're, they'll, they'll do anything to get their own way. They'll, they'll walk over people. They'll be inconsiderate of others. And grit with humility, and I'll give some examples of that in a moment, this is a, just a phenomenal combination. In fact, the more I thought about it, the more I thought it was like, kind of like the two edges of a key. You know, you got the top edge and the bottom edge sometimes to a key. And I thought, you know, you could just have the top edge and, and the, the key won't even fit in the door. Or if it does, it doesn't it doesn't quite do anything. You actually need the top edge and the bottom edge. And the top edge of the key is grit and the bottom edge is humility. So if you consider some of the the great leaders and how they had to overcome many obstacles and stave off bitterness and a really petty attitude which stifles any hope they have of of achieving what they're, they're setting out to do. They did so by grit and by embracing an attitude of humility. For example, we think of Abraham Lincoln. I think he his his story of his rise to the presidency of the United States is just one that is littered with failure and setback. I think he 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 set up a business that went bankrupt. He ran for council. He didn't get elected. He ran for state legislature. He didn't get elected. He ran for for governor. He, he ran for governor. He he didn't get elected. He ran for vice president. He didn't get elected. He ran for president. And he got elected. And you just think, golly, this guy just can't take a hint. Yet, he is attributed today as arguably the greatest president of the United States of America ever. And you just think, what is it about Abraham Lincoln that kept him going? That's the grit component. And the more you look into his life, and I think it's that Daniel Day-Lewis movie called Lincoln... Uh, just superb. I think Steven Spielberg produced it. And it really comes out. This is a man in the opening scene who goes up and just talks with the ordinary foot soldiers during the Civil War, which was was America's arguably America's darkest hour, which Abraham Lincoln was able to steer uh, the nation through. And his humility comes out loud and clear. Sally Fields, who played his wife in that movie, was a troubled woman. She eventually lost her mind. And, and, and they show some of the tender moments that, that Abraham Lincoln had with his wife as she was going through 
this really horrible time. And this, of course, required a great amount of humility on on his part as well. Who else? Here's, here's a couple that you may never, in fact, you almost certainly have never heard of. And this is one of the, the hallmarks of some truly great leaders. They don't always capture the limelight. But th- these are two Australian heroes, Daniel and Janet Matthews. Daniel and Janet Matthews lived in the 1860s uh, in, in northern Victoria, uh, just off the Murray River. And it's quite a remarkable story. Daniel and his brother set up, a, 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 I guess, a, a variety store, a good store, a hardware supply store. And they did really, really well. But, but as he established a very comfortable life for himself, bought a big property up in that region and was just doing very well, he noticed that the aboriginals of his community were in desperate poverty. And he set about to rectify that situation. He employed them. He, his wife, Janet, began to teach them, uh, gave them, if they wanted, uh, um, schooling. And he, he provided all sorts of benefits to, to Aboriginal. He, he, he copped a lot of criticism. And eventually his business went bankrupt. Uh, the, the European settlers refused to do business with anyone who was you know, helping the Aboriginal community. But he stuck to his guns, not literally, metaphorically. He, that's, that, that's that grit. He, he just kept at it. Eventually he gave a, a large portion of his land, in fact all of his land apart from his house, to the Aboriginals of that community so they could have almost a sanctuary where rather than suffering the threat of violence from the European settlers, they could hunt freely and and have a place to stay. A remarkable story of a great couple who had to overcome phenomenal difficulties. We think of Gallipoli and we don't always think of Winston Churchill, but the campaign at, at, at Anzac Cove, Gallipoli, and Winston Churchill is a very dark hour, both for him and our nation. And Winston Churchill had to really pick himself back up from that horrible failure, some terrible mistakes that cost many thousands of lives. And he went on to become, arguably, Great Britain's greatest Prime Minister and one of the reasons why the Allied forces were able to rally during the Second World War. He had to overcome tremendous difficulty. And one more example, Edmund Hillary. Edmund Hillary, a Kiwi who was not not particularly well known, he had to overcome tremendous obstacles just to be selected for the Everest climbing team. And then eventually it came down to him or a couple of others, and he was prepared just to step back and let others climb to the summit. Tremendous humility. But if you've ever done anything like a hike or mountain climbing or anything like that, you know it takes tremendous grit, and he had it. So these people all displayed this key, this two-edged key, grit and humility. Now, while we don't all breathe that rarefied air, I do want to just talk about some of the, the, the ways we can review, that is, look at or view differently some of life's obstacles, how we can turn life's obstacles into life's building blocks. And, and I want to show that after we come back from this music break. Just a reminder too, you can listen to this discussion live now on our website, wayfm.org.au. And of course, all you need to do is click listen live. Hey, listen, when the going gets tough, yep, the tough get going. This is Billy Ocean, WayFM. Good morning. 
stacked on the counter. Got a baby on the way they'll have to feed. He's a fighter, got that fire when they thought he'd fade. Davy Grace Fighter right here on Way FM. We're talking with Dr. Andrew Corbett as we do every Wednesday morning. And today, Andrew, we're introducing turning life's obstacles into life's building blocks. What are some of these life obstacles you've got in mind? Yes, here's some of the common obstacles to achieving perhaps some of our dreams, some of our desires, just some of the aspirations that we have, whether you're a mum, whether you're a dad, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're an employee, whatever it is, whether you're a teenager at high school or you're in college and you've got these dreams, I guarantee you, you're going to come up against one or all of these obstacles. Here's the first one. It's a common one. Lack of money. Lack of money. Okay, we can look at lack of money and we can throw hands in the air and we can give up and we can say it's all too hard. I can't do this. That's the end of it. We just don't have the capital to do it. Many of the great businesses that are really flourishing and are hugely successful today were started in people's bedrooms or garages or backyards with little to no capital startup at all. In fact, it's really interesting to look at some of the biggest companies around, uh, including Google, including Facebook, and some of these other companies that started with next to nothing but an idea. So here's one of the things that if you use grit and humility, there's the key we're going to put into this locked door, the locked door which is which has across its 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 titled lack of money. This is what we're going to do. We're going to review this. We're going to look at this differently. That's what a review is. Look at it differently. And we're going to see that this is an opportunity to be creative. An opportunity to be creative. So you can throw your hands in the air and go, it's all just too hard. You can throw your hands in the air and say, the banks won't lend me money. You could do all of that. And if you do your research and you have a look at some of the other great businesses around that have come up against this same problem, you'll see that it forced them to be creative. Of late, many businesses, and I'm thinking of a 19-year-old girl who asked her mum and dad if she could just buy a few chickens and grow some what she called organic eggs. And she wanted to supply some of the cafes in her town with organic eggs. So she started doing that. And at first, the demand for her eggs was just a few cartons each week from the various cafes in her town. Then other cafes heard about it. Then restaurants heard about it. Then some of the milk bars and and smaller supermarkets heard about it. And next thing, that, that small enterprise of just a few cartons of eggs started to become just it just grew and grew and grew but she didn't have the capital she was only after all still at school she was a 19 year old girl she was just using a bit of her parents backyard um they had a few acres but she was using a bit of their backyard to grow uh, whatever it is i'm probably not using the right term when you talk about eggs but to produce eggs i suppose organically so the chickens would would roam about free range and she really needed to expand she went to the bank and the bank would not lend her the money to buy she wanted to buy a a mobile feeding station she wanted to buy a mobile coop 
and and set that up and and then eventually she wanted to get a, an automatic sorting machine which which cleaned the eggs and then put them into cartons uh, automatically just to save on on handling and time because by as it turns out that there was more orders than she could fulfill because she just didn't have the capital so one of the things that she did was, in thinking creatively, she Googled this as a problem, I think. I think she, she just put it out there as a problem and asked for advice. And one of the things that came back was this thing called crowdfunding. And today, many great ideas are being crowdfunded, which means, basically, through a, a third party, uh, a person can put their business idea out there, put their put their business uh, plan out and then ordinary mums and dads and ordinary folk can see this and go, hey, look, I wouldn't mind putting in X amount of dollars or whatever. And oftentimes what happens is with these crowdfunding uh, programs, they might say, you know, um, and I think in this girl's uh, instance, she said, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a carton of eggs if you if you give me a couple of hundred, I'll give you a carton of eggs every week for a year if you give me a couple of hundred dollars well it was something like that and then there was a then there was a, a bit of a return on their investment as well uh, if you put in a thousand dollars you got you know this that and the other and she raised she I think she needed something like thirty forty thousand dollars she actually raised in two days eighty thousand dollars eighty thousand dollars just from being creative and the result was she then had to document uh, to those people that put into the crowdfunding that, look, this is what I've done. I've bought the, the mobile chicken coop. I've bought the mobile feeding station. I've set up this shed. And inside the shed is this automatic uh, egg cleaning and egg sorting thing. It's a little conveyor belt and it sorts the eggs out into different weight sizes and so on and, and, and then has little suction cups and picks them up and places them robotically into egg cartons and she was able to demonstrate that she's used the investor's money wisely and as a result of that her her business is just unbelievable 800 cartons of eggs a week now are sold to cafes restaurants supermarkets and to the public from this 19 year old girl who had an idea and her, her idea was was Met, it met immediately with this obstacle, the obstacle, I don't have the money. Her parents didn't have the money. The banks wouldn't lend her the money. And so she went to this relatively creative source. I, I, my guess is into the future, this won't even sound like a creative source of money because more and more people will do it. It kind of cuts out the middleman and puts uh, mum and dad investors directly into connection with someone with a business idea. So that was that was one solution that someone came up to, and this is what life's obstacles can do. When you use grit, you just don't give up. You always look for a solution. And when you're humble, you're prepared to humble yourself, and you're prepared to go to people you don't know and ask for help. And that's what this girl did. And of course, the humility aspect of it through this organization, at, at the, the, the this particular crowdfunding source of which I understand there are several companies that now facilitate crowdfunding. Again, it requires a certain amount of humility because you've now got people who have a stake in your business and it requires a certain level of accountability that perhaps 
you didn't even have to consider before this. So there's the there's that key, that two-edged key. It's the grit, don't give up, hang in there, look for a solution. Here's the obstacle, and that key goes in with both edges. It's the grit plus the humility. You're prepared to humble yourself and go, I don't know how to do this. I need your help. That's a step of humility. And in that instance, she did. What's your idea? Perhaps you do have a business idea. Perhaps you have an idea. And can I just say, if you do, and it has the potential to employ people, you almost have an obligation to give it a go. Because in our state, we need enterprise. And enterprise is ultimately what will bring dollars into our state. And as a result, will employ people. So we need to see people step up and have a go. And as they have a go, uh, we, we trust that people will be employed. Uh, Dave, just before we go to news break, as I'm, as I'm talking about this, I'm just mindful of the fact that we've got some new sponsors that have come on board. I want to thank them uh, very much for getting behind YFM and our mission. Obviously, people who've been listening to YFM understand we're not just a radio station. We're doing more than just playing great music, more than just keeping people up to date on the hour with the latest in family-friendly news. But we're also on a mission to give people hope, to give people inspiration, and to give people encouragement, both as a mum and a dad, and in life generally. And to do that, our sponsors help to make that possible. But we're actually restricted by the government as to how much sponsorship we can take and how much we can air. And that's why we think we're actually tremendous value to our sponsors. So thank you. If you're able to support our sponsors, we would appreciate it because it it just keeps us uh, on air and doing what we're doing. But the government restricts us to just five minutes per hour. Uh, the commercials are allowed to broadcast, I think, up around 20 minutes an hour of advertising. So uh, we are utterly dependent on listeners for support. 75% of our support comes from listeners. And, and quite frankly, over the last month, uh, it, it's, the well has run dry. We, we, need, we need you, our listening audience, our supporters, to get behind WayFM at this time. If you're able to make a donation to keep us on air, we deeply appreciate it. Go to wayfm.org.au slash donate and you can give to keep WayFM on the air to keep us providing the hope and inspiration and encouragement for marriages and families and people around our state. Yes, absolutely. A reminder that any donation to WayFM is tax deductible and it does help us to continue providing hope, inspiration and encouragement to thousands of listeners across northern Tasmania. It's now time for the 9 o'clock news. Well, the Bureau says looking mostly fine and sunny today with a top of 20. A little bit warmer tomorrow, top of 25, looking mostly fine. Might be some rain about on Friday, otherwise looking all right. And all right, fine and sunny over the weekend. Andrew, what are the obstacles in life that cause some people to give up? Yes, some of the other obstacles, Dave, we've already looked at money, lack of money, how sometimes that totally derails people, keeps them from finding creative solutions and we've seen that there are ways around there are ways around this that if people can learn to be creative they can come up with some some fairly some fairly innovative ways to get around that obstacle here's some of the other obstacles what if you've made a mistake and if you've made a mistake and you're feeling the pain of that mistake, and sometimes even the humiliation of that mistake, 
it can be utterly devastating. But here's a we, we said this is how we're going to review some of life's obstacles. Well, let's review this one. A mistake, if you review it, if you look at it objectively, and I, I probably just as much as anyone understand the pain that can come from making mistakes, but you can actually put it down to this magnificent word. It's the word experience. Mistakes are the stuff of experience. In fact, mistakes are learning moments, moments where we learn something. It's it's actually very, very difficult to learn some of the best lessons in life unless we make mistakes. I remember hearing the CEO of a bank talk about one of his, I think it was a currency trader or something like that in his bank who had just lost something like $30 million of, of bank funds on the on the markets. And word got out about this and there was a, a pretty big uproar. And the, the CEO was asked, are you going to sack that employee? And the and he replied, sack them? You've got to be joking. I've just spent $30 million training them. And I think that's a great way to look at mistakes. Uh, it's something that I constantly remind myself when I make mistakes. Let's put it down to experience. Let's put it down to learning. It's a learning moment. If we can learn from it, we can grow from it. If we can learn from it, we can also help others to avoid that mistake. And this becomes a part of the building block of life. What's another one? Physical limits. Sometimes we get sick. Sometimes we get injured. Sometimes we want to do something and we don't have the physical stamina or the strength or the fitness to be able to achieve it. So physical limits, let's consider before we consider injury or uh, severe chronic illness or pain or anything like that, let's just put that aside for the moment. But let's look at physical limits. Sometimes it, when we come up against our physical limits, it, and, and it could be a doctor's report, it could be something that's happened, and it causes you this, this huge obstacle to continuing on can actually be turned into a building block that will help you to become a stronger, better, fitter person. Because what could result is you end up improving your diet. You end up changing your lifestyle. You end up becoming a little bit more regimen, a little bit more disciplined in your both your eating, your sleeping, what you drink, what you ingest. And as a, as a result of that, you become actually fitter. Now, as we think of Edmund Hillary, who was one of, at the time, in the early 1950s, was one of New Zealand's best mountain climbers. He'd never climbed Everest before. He'd never done anything near the scale of Everest. But if he hadn't done what he had done, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did do. And this is where I've noticed, and this came out in the GLS as well, many of the top leaders in the world continually do things that physically stretch them. I remember watching a documentary on what it takes to be in the SAS, the the Elite Fighting Force Special Air Services of the Australian Army. And if you've ever done anything like a, a bushwalk, perhaps over the overland track or something where you've got to carry 
20 or so kilos on your pack for about five, six days. It's pretty hard going, actually. There, is, there are some parts to that walk, particularly the, 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 the first part up Marion's Lookout is pretty daunting. And when you're training for the SAS, just applying, just in the training application process to get in, they make you carry 50 kilos and you've got to carry it uh, continually, I believe, for something like a 24-hour period. You've got to go up and over and over and down and around certain mountains. And you're on your feet for literally something in the order of 24 hours carrying this pack. That's just the application. That's not even the training. That's just to get into the SAS. And the reason they do that is because in a real-life battle situation, your physical limits are going to be they're going to be tested to their limits. They're going to undergo severe physical testing. And so many of the, the really world-caliber leaders will continually do things that physically stretch them and, and keep them stretched. Things you know like windsurfing, sailing, yachting, um, mountain climbing, uh, e- even athletics, marathons, and things like that. Well, into their 50s and 60s, because they want to stay sharp physically for the task that they do every day. Bit of a challenge to me, I've got to tell you, when I heard that. But physical limits, when you come up against them, they, they can result in something really positive if you make the correct lifestyle change. Now, I mentioned we're going to just put off sickness and injury just for a moment. What, what happens if you do get severely sick or severely injured through quite possibly no fault of your own? This can actually have a very positive effect as well. Many people who experience this, and and I've been someone who was involved in a in a road accident. For me, it was serious, not for anyone else, but for me it was. I was knocked unconscious, and I was out for the best part of a day, and I was hospitalized for several days, and then I was bedridden for about three months or so, uh, it's it's one of those times when even in the midst of your pain and and I've got to say during that time I'd never experienced so much physical pain it was it was a really really tough time but one of the the positives of it is you've got a lot of time to reflect a lot of time to consider and think about where you want to go in life what you should be grateful for what you should be thankful for and for me, it resulted in some really, really positive reflections, some positive moments that, that caused me to take on a deep conviction, knowing that, you know, that day I literally could have died, that that could have been my last day on planet Earth. And so one of the, one of the really positive things that happened as a result of that, I, I came away from that episode and I still carry the 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 physical and the internal physical scars of of that injury to this day even right now I'm feeling my injury from over 25 years ago when that happened but what what it does is it causes you to to come to a conviction every day counts now my time counts I, I don't want to waste a moment and so a lot of people will perhaps look at me and go gee Andrew you seem like a fairly driven person you don't seem to have a lot of you know, what other people might call chill time. And I guess if, if you can frame it through the fact that I came, I came away with bonus time, I came away from a moment in my life when I could have very easily have been dead 
And every day after that, for the last uh, 27 years or so, has uh, 26 or so years, has just been a bonus. So I, I came away with a conviction that despite my physical limits being hard hit up against a wall, from that point, I was determined I'm going to make the most efficient use of my time. So even the obstacle of physical limits, if you can learn to adapt and change your lifestyle, your diet, your sleeping habits and so on, and learn what it takes to continually stretch your physical limits. Even this morning I went for a, a 2K walk and, you know, that's no big deal really. But there, I've got to tell you that there are some mornings where I just don't want to. I just don't want to do it. And you, you're continually up against this. Come on, you've got to do what's good for you and, and get your physical limits um, stretched again today. So this is a part of the process. It can become an obstacle, but it can also become, if you look at it differently, review that obstacle, it can become a building block in your life. Let's come back after this music break, Dave, and I've got two more obstacles that if we review them, look at them differently, I think they can become powerful building blocks for our lives. Way FM on your Wednesday morning, this is Rachel Platten. Like a small boat on the ocean, sending big waves into motion. Like how a single word can make a heart open I might only have one match But I can make an explosion And all those things I didn't say Listen to this discussion again. All you need to do is listen online. We're also uploading it to our website a little bit later today. Just go to wayfm.org.au. Andrew, I'm uh, getting into the discussion this morning, and I think we can all get discouraged from some of these obstacles that life throws. I like what you're saying about turning your physical obstacles into building blocks. I like it indeed. Hey, listen, there's a couple more obstacles you'd like to finish with. What are they? Yes, and a great piece of music there from Royal Taylor. And also Rachel Platten, a couple of great songs there. Look, we're in the, the home stretch, and yes, we are looking at obstacles that generally cause people to quit. And these are the obstacles that we're all going to face in life. You'll either face one of them or a combination of them, or quite possibly, and the probability is very high, that at some stage you'll have to deal with all of these obstacles that come your way in life and will cause you to be discouraged, cause you to suffer disappointment and despair. We've already looked at a few of these, a lack of money, the mistakes that we make along the way, our own failings and our own failures. 
and we've looked at physical limits. We've looked how we can turn these things not into setbacks, not into obstacles that keep us from achieving, but we can actually learn from them, grow from them, become better, stronger, and use them as building blocks to be able to become a better person. Here's the last two that I want to mention, and this one is education and qualification. Sometimes we, we you know, people apply for a job, and the result is that they, they are told you don't have the qualifications. You just haven't got the necessary education. And one of the, the things that I've talked a lot about over these last few years doing this uh, each Wednesday morning is the fact that we often confuse schooling with education. They're not necessarily the same thing. In fact, I'm going to argue that at times they're, they're quite different. So here's an obstacle that people might feel they have. They feel they're not educated. They don't have the necessary qualifications for something. Of course, there are instances where it's just unavoidable. You need the, you need the qualifications necessary to achieve the, the very thing that, you know, there's often regulation associated with. You know, I think of people like Albert Schweitzer, one of the greatest minds, one of the greatest people that have ever lived. And Albert Schweitzer is someone who uh, lived around the uh, 18, uh, late 1800s and became a very, very accomplished musician and felt a call to go to Africa as a, a missionary. When he applied to go, he was told he didn't have the necessary qualifications, even though he felt he was just as capable as many of the other missionaries. He, he wasn't able to satisfy their criteria. So as a result, he was rejected. They, they actually said, you know, we're, we're not after preachers, we're not after teachers, we're not after people with your skill. What we want are medical doctors. So Albert Schweitzer did something remarkable. That was a huge roadblock. That was a huge obstacle in the way that he had to deal with and face. So this is what he did. He actually went to medical school. He enrolled in medical school and he did his six years of medical training to become a doctor so that under that guise, he could go to Africa and be a missionary. This is quite remarkable. He achieved so much. He, he was able to not only preach, but able to tend to the sick of the various places that he went to in Africa a very, very compassionate man, someone who you can imagine that when we're talking about this two-edged key, the key that has grit and it has humility, we see that he had both. He was able to hang in there and, and show the kind of grit necessary that would get you through. And he was also able to have the necessary humility to be able to take that kind of setback on the chin and go, okay, I'm going to go to medical school. I'm going to become a doctor. And, and he did it. That's remarkable. So education and qualifications, if you can apply grit and humility, you, could actually, you can actually use that in your favor. You know, maybe it is that you do need to go to university or TAFE or whatever it is and, and do a course. And maybe you're thinking, but that's going to take years. It's going to take two or three years to finish or it could even take four or five or in Albert Schweitzer's case, six years to accomplish but that's where humility and grit come in, and that's how you turn life's obstacles into life's building blocks. And, and also along the way, not all education comes in the form of a certificate. Sometimes 
life's education comes in the form of learning something and perhaps you're the type of person that learns best when you just sit down with someone and and ask them questions. Maybe you're the type of person that has always thought that you can't learn from a book, but maybe when you want to learn, you have a desire, you'll find that books suddenly take on a different shape. And you might find that you can learn from books, even though through your schooling, you didn't think you ever could. Here's the number one, and I reckon it is the number one obstacle that most people will face in life. It will become an obstacle at just about every stage of the the journey through life. It becomes an obstacle for people starting out on the journey. And it continues to become a big obstacle for people who've been on the journey a while. It's relationships. You know, relationship breakdowns can be just devastating. And we we don't come into the world with an ability to get along with everyone all the time. In fact, the more you you apply this key, this two-edged key, grit and humility, the more you learn how to unlock those obstacle doors called relationships or relationship breakdown, you learn that, that, that if you can just hang in there and you can apply a little bit of humility to strained relationships, relationships that break down, what you'll discover is that you'll develop an ability to really listen because relationships nearly always break down because there's a breakdown in communication and because there's no grit and because there's no humility. So we can work on the grit. I'm, I'm encouraging you to work on the humility, but let's now look at the communication side of it. And one of the one of the major components, simple but major component necessary for avoiding relationship breakdown and repairing relationship breakdown is the ability to listen. We've all been through, those of us that have done a little bit of journeying on this thing called life, you discover that after a while, you know, there are people who are always trying to, they're, they're, all through your life, there'll be people who try to tell you something, but you're not in a position to hear it. So when when we're going through life and we, we encounter relationship breakdown, conflict with someone else. It becomes an opportunity to grow in this arena. It becomes an opportunity to cause this to become a building block in your life. If you can get this, you can learn how to listen well, listen to others well. You can also then discover how to help people. Someone recently pointed out that what the, the person with the most connections on LinkedIn some half a million connections, more than you know, some of the high-profile personalities in the world, is someone who's made a commitment that you know, for every person he, he connects with on LinkedIn, he tries to take five minutes for them to help them. It's, it's quite remarkable. This guy, I guarantee you've never heard of his name. You, you'll never see him on the news. But people connect with him on, on LinkedIn, this uh, kind of business Facebook thing, because... there's something about the guy that delivers. He actually helps people. And this is one of the things that will help you as you come through relationship conflict and breakdown and you learn to repair it and avoid it. You learn that one of the things that's going to help you to do that is becoming someone who adds value to others. You, You become a better networker, not because you're able to get things out of people, but because you're able to give things to people. And as, as we just finish this up and, and looking at those obstacles, money, mistakes, physical limits, 
uh, education and qualifications and relationships. Each one of those obstacles, I, I, I well understand that it causes some people just to throw their hands in the air and want to quit and give up. But if you can apply what we've been talking about, grit, that and, and to do to have grit, you need to be strong. You need to be strong emotionally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually. To have the humility that we're talking about, along with grit, you have to have a spiritual renewal. Now what that means, when, when we're talking about spiritual, we're talking about internally. It's not you just posturing. It's not just you pretending. It's not you putting. There's something that happens in your heart. That's that the essence of of achieving. I think both grit and humility is a heart transformation. It it takes. I'm going to suggest a spirit a spiritual renewal to achieve. And if you if you can understand that the one who is most qualified, that is the I'm going to suggest it's Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus that we read about in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of the New Testament. Jesus displayed the greatest grit of any person in the history of the universe. He also displayed the greatest humility of anyone in the universe. And so when we're talking about who's qualified to help you establish the kind of grit and the kind of humility that you need, I can I can recommend no one more highly than Jesus Christ. And you, you might right now feel that you're a million miles from him, but you're just one prayer away, one prayer away, calling out to him to help you to overcome these obstacles. Some of you listening to me right now have books that need to be written, but you've encountered obstacles. Some of you have films that you need to make, but you've encountered obstacles. Some of you have businesses that you, that you, you need to start, but you've encountered obstacles obstacles. Some of you have poems that you need to write, but, you, but you've encountered obstacles. Some of you have ideas that you, you need to act on. You need to, but you've encountered obstacles. And I'm going to suggest to you that if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and follow the one who has the highest level of grit and at the same time, the highest level of humility, you stand the absolute best chance you'll ever find of turning life's obstacles into life's building blocks. Dave, we'll get this uploaded a bit later today, but I want to thank our listeners and our sponsors and our supporters for keeping us on the air. We are right on the edge at the moment and we need your support. So if you're able to make a donation to WayFM by going to wayfm.org.au slash donate, we'd really appreciate it at the moment. We want to keep inspiring, keep encouraging and keep building lives. And I'll see you again next Wednesday morning. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Andrew Corbett here on Way FM. You can hear Andrew again tomorrow night at 8.30 with Finding Truth Matters. We'll have this program uploaded onto a website really soon and you'll be able to download it or listen again absolutely for free. But right now, this is a great song to wrap things up. It's The Afters, Way FM.